Today on CityCast Boise, happy Friday! Number one news dad Justin Kaur from KTVB is here to sift through the week's headlines. We're talking shakeups at city council, some encouraging mental health data, and a record-breaking start to both our heat and our river floating season. Plus, some big hair and a big anniversary. It's Friday, July 21st. I'm Frankie Barnhill filling in for Emma Arnold, and this is what Boise's talking about. Justin, thanks for coming back on CityCast Boise. Frankie, thank you. It's my absolute pleasure to be here, here in the thick of the summer. (laughs) Truly, the thick of the summer, the thick of the triple-digit heat, it's fully engulfed Boise. Uh, I keep looking at the National Weather Service forecast and going, really? Really? Um, <laughs> I think the high for Saturday is 106, so uh, how how are you coping? Could be 106, could be 107. Look, I cope <laughs> by blaming people who are absolutely not responsible for it. Normally, it, it's whatever meteorologist I'm I'm working with that morning. This morning, it was Sophia Bliss. So oh, this is all Sophia's she got fault. It. Yeah. I, I don't know what I did to her, but this is just flat out mean. We're hosting like a big family function outside Saturday in Ooh. 107. So I, I don't know if we will be actually. We may just cram everybody <laughs> Inside, it is going to be real hot out there and really in the thick of a string of triple digit days. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing is that the streaks, you know, we can get the highs every once in a while, but we're having triple digit heat many days in a row, potentially record breaking uh, uh, for that streak, which I mean, lots of people understandably have been coping by floating the river. Um, I just got a press release from uh, Boise Parks and Rec that uh, it's actually been a record breaking year so far. And the season only started June 29th. Apparently, more than 30,000 people have hit the water between Barber Park and Ann Morrison, which is just sounds incredible and wow. is like up over 20% since last year. So you're one of those people, right? You're on, you're on the river every day. I, I, I just know it. <laughs> I, I have not floated yet, but when I do, I, I wear, I wear a full suit just like I do in the morning on channel seven. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it really is one of the, one of the iconic, you know, great Boise activities and, it's a great way to beat the heat, but uh, this heat continues to be like really dangerous for, yeah. for folks who can't beat the yep. heat in that way. So, you know, last time I was on, I called myself news dad. Yep. And as a news dad, I like to say, look, do as I say, not <laughs> as I do. And so you got to be real careful, you know, on the river. Um, no horseplay hijinks, stuff like that. And people might say, Justin, I knew you when you were a kid. And that was not the case on the Boise River. You went swimming in irrigation ditches and all that stuff. And it's like, well, that was a different me. You cannot do that anymore. And there's this running joke I have actually with Sophia that when the weather is at its worst, I'm out in it doing yard work. So when it was like 105 <laughs> the other day, I'm like mowing the lawn. She's like, Justin, please don't do that. Yeah, you're a man yeah. of a certain age. So yeah, if if folks can use that air conditioning, 
get inside and use that. And Frankie, I know you have some information like on cooling centers around Boise for folks who don't have that available to them. For sure. For sure. And that's the thing is like, yeah, it's great to talk about the ways you can beat the heat. And those of us who are privileged to have air conditioning and access to to that uh, every day. But there are plenty of people who don't. Um, Of course, with climate change, we're seeing these prolonged streaks of heat uh, go on. Like last two years ago, we broke a record. Last year, we broke a record. This is a pattern. It's happening around the globe. Um, you know, Earth hit its its highest uh, uh, global temperature just a couple weeks ago. Um, and so with these these temperatures not going away and every summer, it seems like we're hearing record breaking. Um, it's good to know that there are yeah places for people to go who don't have access. So here's a few places um, in Boise. There's Boise City Hall which isn't that great that Boise City Hall opens up it, as it should. It makes sense. Um, downtown Boise Library, of course. Uh, Cathedral of the Rockies is another place that people might know about um, uh, that also opens itself up to, for, for folks to cool down. The YMCA in downtown, in West Boise, South Meridian. There's there's a few other places for people to know and that you can stop in. And, and you know, I'll just say, maybe if you see somebody out there who seems to be, you know, having some, some trouble, um, you know, if you have some water, a water bottle in your car that you can keep cold or keep keep in the freezer and then take it in the car with you. If you notice somebody, that's always good to do. And maybe just mention one of those places um, or make sure that they know how to get there or help them out and get there possibly. Um, I don't know. Just looking out for our neighbors, right? When we're going through uh, these kind of heat streaks is important. How about that? Isn't that the Boise thing to look yeah. out for each other? I mean, it's it's supposed to be. But yeah, you talk about the trends, uh, Phoenix just broke a record yes. for like oh, three Phoenix. straight weeks of being 110 plus, not just 100 plus, 110 plus. Maggie O'Meara, who I co-anchor with, her sister lives down there. She has to use oven mitts Oof. to drive just when she gets into the car because the <laughs> oh steering wheel is so hot. Look, at yeah. some point, you got to figure that Mother Nature is telling you like, hey, I don't want you to live here. Yeah. Like the two million of you who are here, I don't know why. I, yeah. I made a sweltering desert and y'all wanted to live here. Um, <laughs> but Boise typically has been uh, pretty temperate. And again, we're seeing yeah. those temperatures climb. And uh, when, it's get, when it gets hot enough, and really something that only entertains Maggie and I often break into a, a, a very poor Savannah, Georgia accent because this... <laughs> Flower is wilting. These temperatures are intolerable, Frankie. They're just it's sweltering. I get it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. I think <laughs> one of our frequent guests, Minerva Jane, I think uh, she's right along there with you on all of those points. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I love Minerva. That's awesome. I know. She's amazing. Yeah, we, we have a great episode that she told us all of her tricks and tips uh, for for dealing with the heat because she absolutely hates it. So um, <laughs> totally get that. Well, I want to pivot to another story that uh, yeah came out uh, last couple weeks, which is that um, Councilperson Holly Woodings, I guess uh, today technically no longer or her last day uh, officially as a councilperson on the Boise City Council, she has resigned her seat early ahead of her term ending. Um, and Mayor Lauren McLean earlier this week during a council meeting named you know a day in her honor. How surprised were you by this resignation news that that Woodings was going to pick? up and move, not, no, not only leave her seat, but also pick up and move uh, her family to Washington, D.C. later. Yeah, I, I think pretty surprised. And we had learned a month or two before that she was not going to uh, run for re-election, but then to announce that, hey, I'm moving 
next few weeks. So I'm I'm resigning, you know, right. the top position on the council, not counting the mayor. And she's local. She's been around here a long time, worked hard to build that career. But, you know, they're going to her family's going to do something else. You know, this comes after um, earlier in the year. February, March, Elaine Clegg, who served on city council for, gosh, what was it, 19, 20 years? Yeah. Uh, she moved to VRT. A number of other council members um, aren't necessarily going to seek re-election. So regardless how this election goes in November, we're coming up on that, it's going to look like a very different council as far as different names, different faces. Yeah. I also want to make... The point, though, that ideologically, I cannot see the council changing that much. I, mm. I think that some people may say, oh, well, you know, it's going to move far to the right. It's like, no, I mean, it, it's still probably going to be pretty center left um, because when you look at like a statewide election, really a Boise City election is pretty much the inverse. And it looks like Lucy Willett's council member, really the only one who identifies as a Republican. At last check, she's running unopposed. That changes daily, so I'd have to check again. Sure. But you know, she's about as far right as you're going to get. Everybody else is going to be left or center left. So, And you're going to see potentially some familiar names, a lot of people running who have you know served in the state house, like Grant Burgoyne and other people who have run before, like Meredith Stead. So I think that it's going to look very different. I don't know if it's going to behave very different yeah also i have an interesting story about the new president yes jimmy yeah. hallie burton yes um used to run the boise bicycle project did a spectacular job uh with that nonprofit. if you've ever been to one of the their giveaways to kids in needs getting those bikes oh my gosh it'll warm your heart for months but he came on the noon show gosh this was maybe a decade ago when he was just with boise bicycle project to talk about tour de fat yeah a big oh sort of, yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> which uh, was big... the precursor to um goathead fest which yes uh-huh <laughs> so big... if you know anything about goathead fest you know yeah. it's 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 a party with some with some cycling attached so you know <laughs> he comes in shirtless with like a leather <laughs> vest on and then like also a leather and like rhinestone top hat and talk to him for four minutes about <laughs> Tour de Fat, and if you told me that that guy would one day be, one day be the president of the Boise City Council, I'd be like, "Yeah, wow." I would yeah. probably say, "Perfect." Of course, he will be. Right, right, right. Uh, I definitely recall the days uh, when pr prior to him being on the council and uh, around Tour de Fat for 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 those moments. I think I remember him uh, with a top hat. Yep, and uh, kind of the whole like steampunk look was the vibe yes. sort of that like circa 2014 probably mm -hmm. um oh my gosh that's incredible uh yeah i mean but it is fascinating what you said about even with this new district system that uh you know was imposed upon boise by the conservative idaho state legislature um that you think that overall uh the makeup of the council from a political standpoint even though they're nonpartisan um that most of the council will probably lean liberal or lean lean democrat uh in, as far as affiliation even with this yeah, and, and great point, Frank. I, I forgot to mention that this will be the first election coming up in November where every seat 
is going to be uh, elected by a district. The last election, there were only two, three seats up for election. But this year, all all six, the council member will have to live in that district. And look, I'm not saying it, but political analysts have said the whole idea of that new law um, that the legislature passed, which leans very far right, was to try to instill more Republicans on the council. Um, again, Lucy Willett's been very open about being a Republican, but I just don't see in the other districts that necessarily happening. I think the farthest right you're going to get is is a moderate, just because you know look at look at the voting record right. all throughout this city, and you know the Patrick Bajan pretty moderate. You know he'll vote maybe a little conservative sometimes, but again, this I, I don't see ideologically that changing the council all all that much. Yeah. Well, between now and uh, November, there there's still work to be done. It's this, yeah, this interesting moment where uh, Councilperson Jimmy Halliburton is now the council president. Um, he has been on the council for several years, but again, kind of what you're alluding to, that uh, former councilperson Elaine Clegg and former council president Elaine Clegg was there for a couple of decades. And, and um, uh, uh, Wooding's also now leaving after being there for several years. What's kind of, there's still more stuff that needs to be done. It's kind of this interesting moment where Mayor McLean is going to have to appoint somebody to fill Wooding's seat, and then the voters will have an opportunity to decide who should be in that seat long term. Mm-hmm. Well, and and you look at this comes after two other appointments, so really half right. of the council, you know, three of the six would have been appointed and then approved by the council, but sure. appointed and then approved by the council in the last half year. And as you said, really, the big thing left for them is is that budget, that city budget. And that's going to affect everything. That is a lot of big work. It's going to affect people's property taxes, what they're paying, and then just what programs the city continues to do. And I would say if you have hot takes on that, let them know. I think they already uh, they've already had some workshops, that public comment period, maybe officially. I, I think it's still going on. But send an email. They'll they'll read that stuff. They they want to hear from you. Well, another story I want to talk about that is is a little bit more of a statewide one, but uh, you know, definitely affects Boise is 988 calls, which of course, uh, for anyone who knows anyone experiencing a mental health crisis, or if you yourself are, know that there is help. Um, we'll put links and uh, things in the show notes. But the, num- the thing to know is this national number 988 um, that will connect you with someone in Idaho uh, with the Idaho Suicide Prevention Hotline um, to help talk you through whatever you're going through. This was fascinating, Justin, though, some news, because that was uh, a year ago that this this switch to 988 as the phone number everywhere, including in Idaho, happened. What do we know about what's happened since? Well, it was really sort of a decision that just made a lot of sense, right? Um, The Idaho Suicide Prevention Hotline, it's something you could easily Google and find, but 988 is a number that you can really easily remember. You know, it's like 911, except for eights instead of ones. And, And when you are in crisis... It, you might not want to take that initiative or, or go through the steps to look it up, find it. This is something that that you can just know. And and it seems to have worked, um, that convenience, uh, according to Health and Welfare, helped answer 
12,600 calls in Idaho last year. Another more than 11,000 were made directly to the Idaho Crisis and Suicide Hotline altogether. It's more than a 10% increase from the year before. Suicide still the ninth leading cause of death in Idaho, but our rate has gone down. And this is something that really is saving lives. And it's critical that when people are able to take the steps to reach out to someone here locally, they're in crisis, that they can make that call easily, that it's convenient and they can get a hold of someone and that they can talk to someone right away. I think nationally, calls on average were answered within about half a minute, 35 seconds, which is incredible. You know, the, yeah. the people manning this hotline are really really doing incredible work. Yeah. And the fact that people should know um, if, if it gives them comfort to know that they are going to talk to somebody from Idaho, because it does direct, as we said, to this pre-existing nonprofit. Um, but now they're they're being linked up through the 988 number. On the one hand, it sounds like, oh, 10 percent increase of, of calls makes it sound like more people are going through crisis. But what experts are saying is, no, it means that more people are finding help and that that's that's the key here. Um, I mean, I will say Idaho, you know, it's a stain on our reputation that we have such a high suicide rate. It is absolutely horrible. And um, one of the things that I think our state uh, should be in in up in arms about. And there have been moves, uh, you know, to to address this. Um, but it is a little bit of uh, it is very nice to see, of course, and encouraging to see that that rate has started to go down. Yeah. And you see those rates higher as well. And I haven't looked at the latest numbers, but historically suicide rates are higher in rural communities where yes. it's that attitude of toughening up, but also increased individualism. Isolation. Yeah. yeah, totally. The individualism attitude a little bit, a lot of those Western rural states. Yeah, that's that's very true. Uh, what, but but it's not the only it's not the it's just the first step. Right. in in getting help. Right. Exactly. And I um, used to do some work with uh mental health company. And there there are so many resources out there, you know, NAMI.org, just you can go there and you can see all of them listed for you. Um, and then if you're lucky enough to have insurance, uh, a lot of health care companies, health insurance companies understand now that, you know, mental health is health. Uh, mental health right. care is health care. And it's all tied to your physical health care. So, you know, they're paying for free sessions annually with mental health care professionals. And the country is still in a mental health care crisis. And certainly our city is as well. But steps like this, 988, these numbers, seeing more people reach out for help when they really need it. That's all encouraging. And it's all steps in the right direction. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, I need to wrap up on uh, something that's just uh, has me uh, definitely chuckling, which is your Instagram feed specifically, because recently you've been sharing a lot of photos around KTVB's 70th birthday. Uh, congrats to all of you. How does it feel to be 70? <laughs> oh, boy, I, I don't feel a day over 44 because literally I'm not. But yes, the the, the station uh, plenty old. And, and we did yeah. um, some serious, you know, really cool look backs on our founding and our founders like Georgia Davidson, 
uh, one of the first women to own a television station. Incredible story. I hadn't heard of her. Absolutely. <laughs> I have to tell you. Yeah. 1953. Yeah. When you saw very few women in boardrooms. Yeah. She absolutely owned this place and got us all going. It was it was key. Actually, um, another female station owner was was up in Seattle, Washington. So really all, all the Northwest breaking ground. Um, but for me, I, I went through our picture archive, went to marketing, and I'm like, do you have like some old pictures that I'm seeing around? They're like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Here you go. And some of these were newsroom photos, you know, us out on shoots, but others I just have no, I have no explanation for. No and I've context. Even <laughs> yeah. I've reached out to viewers and I'm like, what is this? Um, mostly from the 50s. Uh, to the 70s. Some people have tried to explain it to me. Um, first, like, it, vehicles. So we apparently used to own a, a Partridge family style bus. And if any <laughs> of you know the Partridge family, good for you. <laughs> also, we had a creepy windowless van with the word Newsbeat on it. And then a horse-drawn wagon. And probably <laughs> we probably we only used that for the fair Right. But I, I like to think that we also took that to breaking news, that we had a guy, you know, driving the wagon down Fairview, trying oh, to man. get to the house fire. Uh, probably not. I, I saw an ad. We maybe used to employ a chimp or okay. maybe it was just. <laughs> what? <laughs> we, it was probably just a show featuring a chimp. But he actually had like KTVB, like embroidered, like logoed little his little chimp bib on yeah little chimp overalls so i'm like gosh again i like to think we absolutely employed a chimp he probably rode in that in that wagon um <laughs> uh, found an old weather map and man it it looked like the states including idaho were just drawn from memory like like a bad <laughs> memory so like the coast was just a straight line it's not if you've ever like seen a map of washington also idaho it was like they thought like, well, it's just like a rectangle with a piece out of it. Right. And they just sort of slapped <laughs> that up there. And it's, I mean, incredible. It was it was a while ago. All right. But it wasn't before <laughs> maps were drawn. It wasn't that long ago. They they they, they could have checked that. Um, and then, oh, Frankie, the hair. I mean, I I use yes. a blow dryer. But but not like these folks. My goodness. They, they the old phrase of the bigger the hair, the closer to God. These folks are trying to get real close to God, <laughs> like bouffants, beehives. And then uh, guys as well. It was just big and tall and, and just floofy. So the style, just incredible. It really is awesome because it's like, uh, I mean, there's other there's other uh, stations and other um, outlets in, in Idaho that have been around for a long time. It's 70 years, the oldest TV station in the in the state. And uh, just the fact that you have photos that go back uh, that long. Honestly, it's like it just tells a version of a story of Boise through the years, like literally even if, if it's just through costuming and hair, as you said. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I hope that chimp was unionized. I don't know. I saw a photo of him. Um, <laughs> he, he better have been. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah totally. Um, yeah, it's uh, so, yeah. Okay. So, so much fun with all these photos. What other, has there been any story or like anything, um, Georgia Davidson, her, 
her story as the leader of the um, news station at a time when that was very rare across the country. Anything else that stands out to you when you look back at all these years of this, yeah, this organization that you're you've been a part of? Yeah, I, I think you touched on it that it it's looking at not just the history of KTVB but the history of the whole community and and the fact that our we have, we actually had very very few GMs which Georgia was along with being the owner and news directors um, in the history of the station. I think total number of general managers we've had was, I don't know, like like four or five, something like that in, in that entire 70 years. So we've had consistent leadership there and that's allowed us to be a consistent member of the community. And I mean, that's such, that's such a pleasure and a joy for you know me, a, a kid who grew up outside Meridian in Ada County to grow up watching the station and these folks and to be a part of that and to be a part of this community and then be able to be an even bigger piece of the community because I'm lucky enough to work here. It's it's really cool. Yeah. Well, uh, we at CityCast Boise, we love all y'all at KTVB. We love having you on. We love having Alex Duggan on, et cetera, et cetera. So many of you. Um, and congrats on this 70-year milestone. That's that's pretty cool. We'll be sure to link to both uh, some of the crazy photos that you found in your Instagram, as well as, uh, yeah, some of the specials that you guys are doing um, over on your website. Yeah, you can also do a search uh, just for hashtag KTVB70. That should help you find most of that. And w- we all love y'all. Um, Joe Paris tried to break his way into the podcast <laughs> studio. He said accidentally, but it's like, nah, he was he was just that excited to talk to you, Frankie. Accidentally on purpose. I know. I know, Joe. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, thanks, Justin. Uh, stay cool out there. Really appreciate your, your coming on today. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you, Frankie. All right, that's all for this week here on CityCast Boise. The show is produced by Evelyn Avitia, Emma Arnold, and me, Frankie Barnhill. This week, Blake Hunter and Natalia Aldana wrote our Hey Boise newsletter, and our music is by local band Up Is The Down Is The. Emma will be back in the host chair on Monday with an essential guide to staying safe in rattlesnake country. Stay chill this weekend, Boise. My good friend, Joe Paris, <laughs> zero decorum. You, are you waving me in? I'm recording a podcast. No. Waving, waving you away. Out. <laughs> podcast you oh, love you, buddy. CityCast Boise, the only podcast. All right. Well, no. sorry. All right. Have a great podcast. Love you, sweetheart. See you later. Okay. Sorry. Let's try that again.